Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome once again to the latest and greatest episode of the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is Miss Lori Conkler. Now, Lori is uh, a uh, just uh, uh, in the short period of time that I've gotten to know her, she's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I, I've loved so much. I feel like, I, you know, I read a couple things before we got started and I feel like I know her so well already. And I'm so excited about this episode because we're all going to get to learn a lot more about her. Now, she's a powerful catalyst for uh, entrepreneurs who are ready to level up in their business and take control of their personal brand. As the founder of Zenial Traveler, she's helped business owners around the world go from startup to scaling. Uh, back in 2016, she ditched her nine to five corporate job uh, as a director of sales and marketing for a Fortune 500 company to seek out a new life of freedom, working on her time her pace and on her terms from anywhere in the world. And she's living it out. You know, we get people who say this and they're like me recording from, you know, the studio in their basement. But uh, I, I love to ask folks before we get started, where are you working from? And I asked Lori what state she was working from. And it got a little <laughs> awkward because she wasn't working from a state. So Lori, uh, I, so thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited about this conversation. Why don't you tell us what not state you're working from? And then why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get into coaching and why? Yeah, absolutely. So the the not state that I am coming to you from today is uh, St. Croix, which is in the U.S. Virgin Islands, a tiny little island uh, in the Caribbean Sea. So, uh, yes, I am very blessed to to be living this life. Uh, uh, as you said, you know, back in 2016, uh, I, I ditched the, the corporate life for the first time. I will tell you, it was not the last time that I ended up in a corporate. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had actually there's a couple of things that led me down this path uh, and brought me to where I am today. The first one being, you know, I had seen my aunt um, who was my mom's baby sister. You know, she was in her fifties uh, just uh, two years prior to, to me kind of taking that leap. She had passed away suddenly and her and my uncle, they had been building their dream home up on the lake, you know, and had made all these plans to retire. And she never was able to fulfill those dreams. And uh, I just had this this pull to, and I'd known it before this, but that was just kind of the thing that reminded me that life is short and there's no reason that we need to wait till we're 65, 70 years old to actually be enjoying our lives. Uh, um, so that was number one. And then number two was I 
went on a month-long vacation, which I had saved all of my vacation time for, even taken a little bit unpaid time off to take that amazing adventure um, over across the world, spent some time in New Zealand visiting one of my closest friends, and also spent some time in Fiji, and then returned back to Wisconsin in the winter. Um, and anybody that is familiar with Wisconsin or just the Midwestern part of the U.S. in general, it is not a good place to be in the winter. Um, so we came back and it was February. I'm just like, you know, why am I doing this? Uh, uh, why am I living this life? Uh, it's not like I hated my job. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I loved the people that I worked with, but it wasn't challenging me in the same way. And I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to take another day off, ultimately, even for like a doctor's appointment for like a year because I used everything that I had. So that was the the moment at which it was like, okay, something has to change. Something has to shift. And three, four months later, after returning from that trip, uh, we were on a plane. Uh, my husband and I had quit our jobs. And uh, about, well, three months after that time, I started my first business uh, in, in preparation for leaving my job. Um, and, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. We actually headed here to the Virgin Islands, um, which was kind of where this adventure started. And like I said, within the first two months, you know, I had started my business, which was planning destination weddings and events. And then my husband had started his business, which was uh, designing and building furniture. So there was definitely ups and downs in the journey. Um, and I did actually end up going back to the nine to five because we have to, we have to make ends meet. And sometimes, you know, I've had to have those conversations with clients. Sometimes it's like, do you want to be so stubborn that you're unwilling to go back to that? Or do you want to get the, the things that you need to actually make it happen? So I, I made it happen. I went back to work and, uh, uh, I was actually then forced to make a decision because I was laid off unexpectedly mm -hmm. pulled into a room with other people and told, here you go. Here's a little envelope. And this is your last day. <laughs> so um, fast forward three and a half years. Here I am. I've been self-employed ever since that day. Um, I didn't make that decision lightly. I definitely started looking for jobs, but the idea of it just was like, no, I, I don't want to do this. So it's, we have to make it work. We have to make our businesses work somehow. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the catalyst that really pushed me into the coaching space as well, because I was forced to figure out how to run my businesses and how to do everything. And I came from a background in sales and marketing, but how to actually like start getting those clients and build that life that I wanted for myself. Because yes, I'll, on the outside, I was living in paradise, but <laughs> I was living paycheck to paycheck or not even paycheck because it wasn't coming in unemployment check to unemployment check at that point. Um, yeah. And something had to, to change. And within yeah. two months, I had secured a uh, contract on a retainer basis that I still have today. Uh, it's grown from where it was there, but it allowed me to be self-employed doing consulting in areas that I was very knowledgeable. And then I just kind of grew from there. And then I also am still doing the wedding planning. Um, and I just decided that I needed to help other people realize that they could make that a reality. They could have that. So sorry, that was a really long story. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. There's there's so many questions that I have. I'm trying to whittle it down here. Um, but uh, so, and this one's interesting to me. What would you say, uh, actually, let me rewind before I ask that one. Uh, would you have started your coaching business the second time around if you hadn't been laid off? Do you think you would have started that by now? I would like to say yes, 
because ultimately, like I knew that I wanted this freedom before I was ever laid off. Right. And that was the whole reason that I quit my job and I wanted to live life on my terms. And I did actually want to help other people do it from the beginning, from day one of that. Um, and it actually, I started a travel blog. So like alongside the the furniture business and the wedding planning, I started a travel blog, which is the Zennial Traveler. And that's where the name of my company actually came from because I had started that travel blog and I thought I was going to help people that way. And then I recognized that I didn't want to be a blogger. And I was like exploring these other things that I could do to really help people to, to recognize that they did not have to live the American dream. You know, they didn't have to live life a certain way. They could do whatever they wanted. So I would like to think that I would still have ended up here, um, but maybe not on the same time frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so in light of that, what would you say if you could go back and say something to your corporate self the second time around, right before the layoff, uh, let's say that that wasn't going to happen, but you now have mm -hmm. the access to the life that you live now. What suggestion would you give? And I'm asking this because I'm sure there's people listening who've started a, a company and failed. And they're back in the corporate grind, right? And mm -hmm. they 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 realize, or they're wondering, I'm not cut out for the corporate grind. I don't like this. I failed. I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. How do? Uh, what advice would you give to that person listening today? So I think first off that. Uh to listen to yourself, listen to your own intuition, listen to your gut instincts, whatever you want to call them. Uh, because I think what happens to so many people, and I you know, saw this in myself, I see it with so many clients and just people that I meet to that are in this space, uh, that they're trying all of the things that they're just like, this method, that, that method, taking all of these courses, spending, you know, buttloads of money uh, on things, and then they're not getting results, it's not working. Uh, and they're, you know, like this person, it worked for that person. I need to do it this way and that way. And you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to figure everything out. But in reality, 99% of the time, you have the knowledge, you have the expertise that you need. You just don't have the confidence in yourself. Like you're not owning your own power and what you are actually capable of. Um, so a successful marketing plan, it starts with you. It's, it starts with you being confident in yourself. And when you can show up authentically as yourself in your business and in your brand, people start to listen and then they want to buy it from you. And then the money starts to come a lot more easily. So I would say, just trust yourself, trust yourself. Like it's about creating customized strategies that work for you and the way you want to do business. You don't have to do it the way anybody else did. You don't yeah, have to. So good. That's so good. I, I was just on a different podcast and was asked the question is like, what's the best lead generation strategy? Well, it's like, you know, there's some that are working better than others. There's a lot of wrong mm -hmm. lead generation strategies, but the best advice that I've ever been given is go do what you're already doing, right? If you're on mm -hmm. social media all the time, then use social media strategies. But if you're not, if you're a dinosaur, like, you know, like I am in many ways, like <laughs> it, it's not, it's not natural. I, I don't sit on there and browse and comment and like, and, and do all those things. It's, it's not a fun activity for me. And so it's just all work. There are other mm -hmm. strategies that match my personal, you know, makeup and desires better. And so find Finding the one that fits you, I think, is is what you're saying, and, and yeah, ultimately, I, I just, yeah, I can't find better advice. Now, there's still a grind in it, right? Just because it's oh, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> natural doesn't mean it's not work, but it's a lot easier to grind on something that you enjoy doing fundamentally rather than 
Absolutely. And you know, what you said uh, makes a great point too. Like what's the best strategy? It's the one that feels the best for you and feels Mm. the most aligned. And yes, absolutely. Like business is work, uh, you know, and forgive me for being blunt, but you know, I I hear so many people um, and mostly women and I'm a woman, so I could say this, uh, you know, talking about how they just want passive income and they just want to work like five hours a week and but yet they want to make millions of dollars. Well, so does everybody. Um, and sometimes it happens that easily, but 99% of the time you're going to be working 40, 50, 60 hours a week when you're starting your business to get to that point. It's not saying you can't be there, but you have to put in the work to get your business to where you want to be before it can just run on autopilot. It doesn't just yeah. happen miraculously. Yeah. And I think to an extent, like, it's like, well, of course, right? Uh, but for so many people who are down in it, when it doesn't happen automatically, they feel like uh, they they kind of compute that as I'm a personal failure, right? There's something wrong with me. All these other people are having all this wonderful success, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it, it's it's one of those things that like you can say it and it comes across as trivial, but there's nothing trivial about that statement at all. Mm-hmm. It, it's not easy to start a business. It's not, no. you know, there's nothing passive about entrepreneurism, right? Especially not at the beginning. No, absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely not. And to your point too, in terms of like people like saying like, yeah, I'm a failure and everything else. The only failure is when you give up because every time you, you fail, you're that much closer. Like every time you hear a no, you're that much closer to a yes. Every time you fall on your face, the, the next, you know, you don't know tomorrow might be the day that it all works. Um, So the only true failure in my mind is when you walk away from it. Yeah, that's so good. So uh, uh, we've kind of noodled around this a little bit, but I'd love to just kind of hear it straight from you. What would you say is some of the most important work that you do for your clients? Um, Well, you know, the most important work that I do for my clients is helping them to discover themselves, uh, to be honest, because I think that the best coaches like, yeah, I don't get me wrong. I teach them strategy and I sit there and I hold their hand. But the most trans, like the biggest transformations happen when people really do connect with themselves and start to recognize that they do have the ability to make things happen for themselves. That when that confidence comes in, I mean, I've literally seen clients go from zero clients for almost two years to five clients in a matter of weeks when they were able to just make that shift of like recognizing that I can do business my way. I can make the choice of how I want to do it. I don't have to, I don't have to do it your way, Lori. And they don't like, I teach them lots of different strategies, but the work that I do with them is we go through those strategies and we figure out which ones do you like? We have to test which ones don't you like? And then how can we cater a plan that works for you that you can sustain long-term? Because if you're doing something you hate, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, it it uh, reminds me of the idea like entrepreneurism, starting a business, especially if your goal is to be a solopreneur, you're doing it mm-hmm. for you know the freedom and autonomy that so many of us start businesses to achieve. It's mm-hmm. an intensely personal endeavor. Yeah. Right. It's not. And so uh, unpack that for us a little bit, because I know that you're working in this world and you've even made several comments. But what is it about entrepreneurism, right, about starting a business that's so personally difficult? 
Honestly, I think it's because when you make that choice to become an entrepreneur, you're not just making a choice to start a business, you are making a choice to change your life. Uh, And uh, I have yet to meet an entrepreneur uh, who has gone into business and it has not changed their their life, changed who they are, changed how they live their life. Uh, So I think, you know, that that's one of the biggest aha moments, you know, that I even had, uh, because when I made that choice, my, I changed my health, I changed my habits, I changed the way I ate, I changed my sleeping habits, like everything about my life. It wasn't just about my business. It was about changing my life to meet the person that I wanted to be. Yeah. Because all things need to align to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, it's so true. Uh, it, it's so true. All right. So this is the moment I've been waiting for. I'm, I'm always so excited <laughs> to hear this. Uh, and, and our audience, those who have listened to a few episodes, they know what's coming next. And so we're going to we're going to give the people what they want, if you will. All right. Okay. So uh, I'd love for you to answer this. What is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret all at all? What What is that one thing that you wish every entrepreneur, leader, uh, founder out there listening knew today? That one of the most powerful things that you can have for your business and your marketing and your visibility is a personal brand. Um, and I like to call it letting your freak flag fly because, uh, as you know, we've, we've, I've alluded to already, like everybody is kind of like taking all these courses and following all these things and trying to figure out the secret sauce, the magic potion, but the magic mm. potion to your success is you, you know, it, it really, really is because, um, you know, I just had a, a meeting with a new client the other day and, you know, she's trying to get all these clients and she's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. Like, but she had her social media completely blocked off. Like, so, and she wasn't adding friends, you know, when they were trying to connect with her, she wasn't building a brand. She was just like in her little isolated hole, not talking to anybody. When you actually build a brand and you build an audience of people who know you, like you and trust you, that is so powerful. And you know, you think about like some businesses, when I say Virgin, like Virgin Galactic, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Airlines, what do you think of? Branson. I'm asking you. Yeah. Branson, exactly. His personal brand, right? You think about Richard Branson. You don't really know anything about the actual companies, but you know that he is associated with them and you trust him. And so you're more likely to buy. Um, so it just at any level, whether you're a billionaire like, uh, you know, Richard Branson or you're a solopreneur, you are the most valuable thing in your business. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, there's there's so many things that you can go on that. But I, I think to it goes back to this idea that starting a business is personal, right? I think mm-hmm. and you you've just given an excellent business case for why that is. if if you take if you try and take you out of the equation, right? Uh, yeah. which arguably later on in the process might be yeah. part of it, right? Yeah, but yep, yep. when you're getting when you're coming out of the gate, solopreneur at the very beginning, you are you're getting rid of your very best asset or or at least failing to cultivate it. So mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't agree more. I think you're so right to that. And I love the idea of letting your freak flag fly, you know, because, (laughs) uh, you know, it's like you talk to someone and you have this wonderful conversation and then you see an email that they wrote, you know, that they published to their list. And it's like, that's who who wrote that email for you? Because it's not you, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, that's, that's excellent. Uh, All right. So 
Uh, last question, and then I'd love to hear about how uh, our folks can connect with you a little bit more. But uh, before we get there, uh, I've worked with enough coaches, enough solopreneurs to know that we have this knack for you know, giving our very best time and attention and energy to our clients and can often do that uh, at the cost of our own development, uh, both oh, yeah. for our business and our leaders. So tell me a little bit about how you've overcome that, what, what your next phase of growth looks like and the challenges that you're facing in, in building that. Sure, sure. So, you know, my next phase of growth, honestly, uh, well, I, I'm I'm still in it uh, or I'm in it uh, and it's personal growth. Honestly, it's really honing in on the way I want my business to run and the way I want my offers to run. And, um, you know, I'm creating a lot of new things. I'm pulling back on things that I've done in the past that just don't feel good to me because uh, so I've had success, but if it doesn't feel good, like there's no way I want to keep going with it. And some of those challenges that I'm facing is, you know, saying goodbye to some of those things that aren't working for me anymore, Mm -hmm. that they're not aligned with where I am or where I want to go. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's like breaking up. It's like a relationship, almost like saying goodbye to this program, you know, this flagship program that I've had for two years because it no longer serves the way I want to do business uh, and letting in the new thing. So that, but I've converted it into something else that feels much better. So this next phase, honestly, is just letting my own freak flag fly to a new level and letting people a little more into to my space and to be doing business on their terms in a way that yeah. feels good and giving them the opportunity to do that. That's fantastic. I've so much about uh, growing an organization is uh, one of the hardest parts about it is that you don't get to retire from that, right? You don't get to retire <laughs> from it being hard. There are seasons where it's wonderful, right? You do hard work, mm-hmm. you, you reap the benefit of that. But if you want to see it grow again, you've got to mm-hmm. step back into that uncomfortable zone. Uh, and Absolutely. I mean, I can feel it as you're sharing it, you know, there's just a depth <laughs> to it that we all experience. And I appreciate you uh, just going yeah. there with us and, and putting that on display because yeah. I think it's powerful. And Absolutely. And I, I actually, I just want to share one more thing if it's okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I didn't mention this, you know, like as I've gone through this, this transition where like, again, I was having a lot of success and things started, I started to change and my business growth stopped. Um, and it wasn't because I changed the way I was doing things necessarily but I changed the way I felt about it. So like I went months where I was, you know, like I had my retainers, but you know, new clients, like they just weren't coming in like they used to. Mm. So like you said, at any level, at any point in your business, sometimes you do just have to get introspective and go back and and recognize that it can change. Yeah. But if you're dedicated to it and figuring out how to make it go forward the way you want, it can. And what better way to do that than with a guide to help them show the uh, show the way and and discover that? So uh, I know some folks are listening and saying like, yes, app, personal brand, like I've been avoiding it, but I, I know that I know that I need it. So how can folks connect with you to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. The best place, honestly, to connect with me, well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and just look up my name. There are not a lot of other Lori Conklers um, on LinkedIn. Um but the best place really is probably on Facebook inside of my Facebook group, which is called the Build and Scale a Profitable Business. Work from anywhere. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but you'll know that you found the right one. Uh, and I'm very active in there. We provided a lot of resources uh, and 
I, you know, to make a point of getting to know and talk to, to everybody that comes into that community. So that is a fantastic way to communicate with me. Amazing. Well, Lori, thanks so much again for being here. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, it was just a wonderful episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Really appreciate you and uh, look forward to seeing this next phase of growth do just wonderful things for you and, and your business. Awesome. Uh, for Thank you. those of you who are listening, your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. We're so honored uh, to share with you and, and to have you here with us. I hope this conversation was as meaningful and impactful for you as it was for me. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Thank you. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any of those episodes, go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.